Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. It's a, it's a great day for America, Woo! everybody. Give it up. You hear that? Hear that? That's the sound of the audience going. Yeah, this this the live studio audience because because you know we we record okay, this live. Okay, the live studio. <laughs> We're recording this live. Oh, stop! Don't act like you've been fluffed by the uh, warm-up comedian. But look, our live studio audience is so great that we have so much control over them, and that they love us so much that they stay quiet the entire time. Not Moments a, that they want to laugh because the jokes are so funny. Moments no they want to... There's no one just standing up randomly. <laughs> They're all doing the jazz hands. Whenever whenever, whenever someone makes a good point, they just do the jazz hands. <sighs> yeah, but th- we they are just so receptive of the message that they sit there and be quiet the whole time. The whole time. So it's anyway, amazing. so we, uh, we're back again Monday. Uh, well, it's not Monday, it's Tuesday. Jeez, Joe, get it together. Yeah, Joe with the crap. Uh, you know, it's what happens when you watch too much golf, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But anyway, uh, we're back. Joe, did you have a good weekend? Would you st- <laughs> can, can, can you let me talk? Hey, Joe, how was your weekend? I am talking here. Shut up, all right? Um, uh, <laughs> dang it, my weekend was great. <laughs> um, my guy didn't So, win. Joe, how was your weekend? <laughs> I'm going to kick you in the face. I'm going to throat chop you. Um... <laughs> Uh, my weekend is great. Uh, my guy didn't win the U.S. Open, but, you know, whatever. Who is this your guy? You say this at the end of, like, you make, like, oh, you, oh, you know, well, I picked him to win as he's in second place and, and tr- almost about to win. Well, no, from from the start of the week, I was like, okay, John Rahm could win. Uh, he, he won it last year. He's, I think he's he's having an okay year. Scotty Shuffler, I, I really wanted him to win because he's having a great year. He's won five events this year, and he's already won a major. He won the Masters. And so, like, to win two majors in a year, that would be awesome. And he's a young kid. He's, like, 25. He's, like, a year older than I am. I think it would have been great. But just didn't come to pass. So some other schmuck won, but, you know, whatever. Anyway, how was your weekend, Jacob? It was good, man. Had that... Had that long three day weekend and it was it was wonderful. I was had a nice time off. How did how did how did you celebrate Juneteenth? Juneteenth, I celebrated it by doing some school, um, reading a book outside in the nice, wonderful summer weather, blazing heat, and I went shopping. I mean that that is the traditional. But you know thing what today to is? We know what today is. What today's officially. The longest day for the Northern Hemisphere and the shortest day for the Southern Hemisphere. Folks, it is the summer solstice. So how does that comport with Flat Earth? Oh, it has anything to do with Flat Earth. It's because, it? it's because the sun is further away. So that's how you get... See, that, see, see right now on the Flat Earth map, the sun is, is rotating closer to the Northern Hemisphere. So that's how it's hotter. So if so, so if I go with the theory then of the you know the big conspiracy, the globe yeah, the theory, flatter, yeah, um, that the, the what they're saying is basically the world is is basically a deflated beach ball. No, no, man, look, no, man, look, we are a pond, right? Uh-huh. The entire ocean is merely a pond on this giant landmass, and the continents are just are just islands in this little puddle, 
of this giant landmass, and there are other worlds, other civilizations out there that you know, you know, maybe their sun is like Polaris, and 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 that's why we see it in the sky so far away. I that I mm, that doesn't make any sense at all. But I mean, Joe, for all we know, we could just be living in a turtle's dream in outer space. Well, that would that would actually make more sense than the Earth actually being flat. Uh, but, you know, whatever. I don't know. Somehow this show always gets derailed into talking about Flat Earth. I don't know why. Because I find it the most interesting conspiracy theory on the internet. More so than the in the, than the moon landing? Yeah, no, because listen. As I said many times, Flat Earth theory is a complete rejection of science, history, logic, and common sense. It, you, you have to reject all of that to, believe in, to, to, to truly believe in Flat Earth. Oh, okay, I, 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 I could see that. I could see that. That's why I find it so fascinating that people are like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." Scientific discoveries of the last, you know, two thousand years, <laughs> all, all, all a part of a some, big conspiracy. Some global conspiracy. They're all in on it, man. That's been so. This conspiracy is so great that it's been going on since, I guess, the beginning of time. Yeah, and it's just changed hands, and no one's ever dropped the post-it note on yep. the, on the way to math class. Yeah, so no one's no one spilled the beans. No one's like, there's yeah. no there's no government official on their deathbed who spills the, who tells everybody he's like, oh, I got nothing else to lose. Yeah, there was flat, and and we're all be controlled by like by like lizard people or something. Hmm. That's interesting. Anyway, so uh, so there's there's uh, I don't know, I don't know how many people here watch the watch the the. PGA Tour, watch golf. I mean, do you what? You don't watch golf at all, really. I think I'm the only one in this house that actually watches it. And, okay, and okay, can here. enjoy it. Okay, here. So we'll pull the audience. Okay, audience <laughs> members, you're allowed to talk. If you watch golf, yell out, roll out. There we go. See, there's, there's one guy. I, 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 did, I didn't hear anybody. Anyway, so um, I don't know if anybody's been paying attention to this or has heard any rumors about the Live Golf Invitational that's backed by the Saudis. But, but do they live golf? No, no, no. They live golf, Jake. They live golf? They live it. Okay. Um, but anyway, so I don't know if anybody's been watching this or uh, has been hearing about it, but today there's more breaking news in the uh, the, the saga that is the PGA Tour, Jay Monahan versus the live golf, Greg Norman uh, saga that's going on right now. So, And then today the, 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 the big shoe dropped after roasting the reporters at the U.S. Open uh, press conference about how you know you guys are putting a big shadow over all this talking about the, you know the live golf at the U.S. Open you know, so today that the shoe dropped that Brooks Kepa joined the live golf for I think like 150 million dollars 100 million dollars whatever is what it was an unbelievable amount of money and everyone's freaking out like they're they're destroying golf they're destroying the sport how could they do this how could they take that blood money from the Saudis. They're they're ignoring the history of of the PGA Tour. Not not to be confused with the PGA or the <coughs> USGA or the R and A or any of those things, right? For, yeah, or the TNA because these are all separate things. So and look, they're they're leaving the tour. What they're leaving the Rocket Mortgage the Rocket Mortgage Mortgage Classic, the AT and T Byron Nelson uh, Invitational, whatever the um you know, the any given tour event on a weekend, they're leaving that. I don't think. Do people realize that the PGA does not run a single major? They don't run any of the majors. The Masters is run by Augusta National. The PGA Championship is run by the PGA of America, 
which is different from the PGA Tour, which runs all of the, you know, weekly uh, tournament events. The Open is run by the RNA, which is the British outfit. So, what what are they leaving? They're leaving the Genesis International or Inventational, the Arnold Palmer Inventation Inventational. That's what they're leaving. Oh my God! The world's gonna explode. Who who? Oh, they're Jacob. They're leaving the Rocket the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Red Alert! Bring us to Red Alert. I mean, call. I mean, you better. Take us to DEFCON 1. This is, this, is, this is the biggest story in all, of the, in, all, in all of news right now. Forget about Biden falling off bicycles. The fact that these former, like, former uh, major champions are going to play in the Saudis league because there's more money involved is, the, is, is signaling the end of times. Like the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse are riding in right now. That's what this is. And I, I just, you know, I, I, I'm constantly bombarded with people with all these bad takes on this whole situation. All these talking heads, everyone, every, all these self-serving uh, idiots in the media are saying, well, you're taking blood money. Really? They're taking blood money from the Saudis. Can I get a show of hands in the, in the studio audience? Has anybody in this room, anybody listening, ever bought a tank of gas? Yeah, that's all of you. You're all involved in this. How many tens of thousands of Americans are employed by weapons manufacturers and weapons contractors who have special deals with the U.S. government to supply those weapons and services to the Saudi government? A lot of Americans have jobs because of that. So don't give me this, oh, they're taking blood money. No, no, don't give me this. You're about a gallon of gas. I mean, come on. You're, you're fooling yourself. You are beclowning yourself. The, the, the people who are going on and on about how they're destroying the game and Greg Norman is a turncoat, whatever, and you know they're, they're turning their back on Snam Sneed and whatever to, to go join the Saudis. I, please. You, you're just like the, 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 the show Kenobi on Disney+. Plus. The only thing it's missing is the clown nose because this is a complete clown show. This whole thing's a clown show. And the idea that, oh, how could they do this just for money? Have you ever taken another position at a different company for a different job because it paid more? Has anybody done that? Yeah, a lot of people have done that. A lot of people have changed jobs, went back to school, done a whole host of other things to make more money. It's no different. Why are we holding them to a different standard than everyone else? I, am I thrilled about how the live golf, the shotgun, 50-man, whatever, uh, is run? No, I'm not crazy about it. Do I wish they would all just stay in the PGA? Sure, I would. But given how the PGA is run, the PGA Tour with Jay Monahan, how they're basically just greedy fools, and how you know, you know, we, 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 we all recognize that golfers are independent contractors. They can do whatever they want. But the PGA treats them as if they're employees. So when Jay Monahan comes out and bans Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson because, oh, well, they're breaking trust or they're breaking the family, bull crap. We all know they're independent contractors. And it's, it's such a clown show. The one thing that's missing from Jay Monahan's face is the clown nose because it's such a clown show because he knows he doesn't have any real power because the, the, the major events, the events that everybody watches, like this, this, just this past weekend was the U.S. Open. 
these people only watch golf during the Masters, the U.S. Open, the PGA Championship, and the, the British Open, or the Open, as they call it. No one, no one gives two craps about the Genesis Invitational, or the Rocket Morge Classic, or the AT&T Byron Nelson. You know, they might give a crap about, the, you know, I think it's the, the BMW uh, Championship, which is like the last event of the year, or the Tour Championship. Uh, they might watch that. But other than, the ma- other than the Majors or the Players' Championship, no one cares. Nobody watches that. And you can say, oh, well, they're leaving the legacy. Like, what, the, the Corn Fairy Tour that nobody watches? So please, check yourself at the door. And another thing, too, um, I, I don't know if people realize this either, but the PGA Tour as we know it now was started because tour players at the time, before the PGA Tour was established, were unhappy that they weren't getting paid enough. So... It seems like the PGA Tour doesn't even know its own history. And when Live Golf, when the Saudis came to Jack Nicklaus to say, hey, you know, would you want to be the face of this thing for us if we pay you, you know, $100 million? And he was like, well, I kind of helped start the PGA Tour as it exists now, so I can't really do that. Which, you know, respect for Jack Nicklaus for doing that. But they're, they're accusing... They're accusing these players, like Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia, or whoever, of doing the very thing that started the PGA Tour. And the PGA Tour has had a monopoly over golf tournaments for for going on decades now. And they can't bear, they can't bear that that there's other competition out there that they don't control. And of course, the PGA Tour had to respond. And they changed, they amended the schedule, so basically it wouldn't be a year-round uh, events. It would be, it, it would, ex- they would actually have an off-season. And then suddenly, they found more money for larger purses for these events. <laughs> Isn't that funny? When the when the PGA Tour says, "Oh, we're tapped out, no more money to give," and then the, the, the players complain, "Oh, well, we found this money in the couch somewhere, so we'll put it, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put a bigger prize out for these you know, events." And then the P- then the live golf starts up. Oh, we don't have any more money. And then all these superstar players go over there and join. Like, oh well, we found some more money in that couch. We'll 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 put up more money for these events if you please just don't leave. Yeah, it's it's a clown show. And the the thing that like I said a minute ago, the thing that bothers me the most is all these people that are saying, <laughs> these people that are that are, that are uh, the Saudis are human rights abusers. It's being Saudi, it's being funded by the Saudi International Whatever Fund. Okay, and you're about a gallon of gas. You're just as you are just as guilty as everyone else. So I, you know, and I, I what I hate the most is that is that all the blame is being put on Phil Mickelson because he came out made some comments that were leaked in a book about what he thought about, you know, Jay Monahan, the PGA Tour, and the, and the Saudis. And he has been taking the brunt of all of this blame. And I don't, I don't think that's fair. Because, really, at the end of the day, how many people really care? How many people actually care that the money is coming from the Saudis? If you were to go to the, any golf course on a Saturday morning and ask any public course, ask any Joe Schmo, hey, what do you think about them getting money from the Saudis? Do you think any of them would be like, I, I don't care, I really don't care, you know, the people, the one of the one of the defenses that these pro PGA tour people were trying to use is that, well, it's just a lot of money, 
they already make a lot of money. The average tour player makes like a million and a half dollars a year. That's more money than a lot of Americans make. When you see that uh, Fitzpatrick won $3 million for winning the U.S. Open, that's a lot of money. That's more money than the average American makes every year. So it's, who cares? I, I was, I, I just, I'm tired of, I'm just tired of, I'm tired of people having so many bad takes over it. What do you think, Jacob? I don't watch it, so I don't have an opinion. That's fair. And that just shows, too, that all these people, uh, like these uh, sports news radio people, they were like, you know, well, you know, golf just isn't, isn't that popular. Like, yeah, that's always been the case. They're talking about how, well, you know, live golf will get the ratings of football. The PGA Tour doesn't get the ratings of football. Like, has it ever? Like, what, 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 what world are you living in? Do you think? That, do you actually think the PGA Tour can compete with college football in ratings? That's never been the case. Like, what, what, what planet are you on? It's stupid. Like, that's never been the. That's never been the scenario. So I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm just tired. I'm tired of bad takes. I, I don't have an opinion for I don't, for I do not watch the sport. I don't have an opinion on it. Um, yeah, I, I don't have an opinion on it. Um, is it all you want to talk about with uh, the golfs? And yeah, I, you're gonna have to walk me off a ledge because I, I could keep going. But. And these golfing and the golfs and you know the gaff. The, uh, the, the, uh, what is it? It's the, it's, I'm trying to find a funny joke to say about golf. It's like, it's like the, uh, it's the poor man's croquet or whatever. What's that? Mm, what's that game they played in the lawns? The, what's like the, uh, lawn? Oh no. The um, croquet, right? I think so. Or it's just like polo, but just a lot less. It, it's like polo, but a lot cheaper. Without the horses. Without the horses. Yeah. So I'm saying it's a lot cheaper than that. It's not quite the same, but I get what you're trying to say. Alrighty. Well, the main thing I want to talk about that's going to eat up most of this podcast time, and then I'm going to kind of touch on something that I wrote in the Substack, which finally did find the time to write another Substack piece. Hope you guys are enjoying that. Hey, hey, <laughs> just kidding. Hey, sh- hey, shut up. <laughs> um, is obviously the conflict going on in Ukraine. That's probably what this is going to be titled as. I'm not sure. I'm trying to find something witty to title this as. Um, but the fact is. Uh, now more than ever, um, the situation in Ukraine is, is turning dire and we, and we, we need to seriously have a, a talk. We have a talk. Come and sit down. Come and sit down, America. We didn't have a talk about what is going on in Ukraine, going on in Ukraine right now. Um, for those of you who don't, who don't listen to the Scott Horton show and don't follow Scott Horton, if you have a Twitter um, what are you doing through life? You're wasting your time. Go listen to, especially his last episode when he had on Colonel Douglas McGregor, who we've talked about many, many times on this show. And um, when it comes to foreign policy, he's 99% of the time the man's right on a lot of stuff. Why? Because he has a he has the right philosophy, and he's not one of these neocon, um, bloodthirsty monsters that that like we're like like we're gonna play a clip of here in a second. He's not an S-lib like what uh, Jimmy Dore would call them. Yes. So the situation in Ukraine is growing more and more dire by the second. And when I, when I say that, I say that any time that the corporate press posts anything negative about Ukraine winning the war, that's, how, that's when I know that things are getting really, really bad. 
when I see anything that is that that, that is not positive, singing the the praises of of, of, of apparently America's um, next president, um, Zelensky, and of the 51st state of America in Ukraine. Uh, that's when I know that things are are getting getting really really bad. I had stopped following this for the longest time because I thought, well, I mean, what what else is there to say? We know what's, we know the outcome. It's just we're just delaying the inevitable. Yeah. So I'm gonna play a clip from you, and you know we're gonna stop occasionally. Uh, this is Max Boot. Who those of you know who who don't who don't know Max Boot? This is this has to be one of the we need to we talk about. A, you know how Trump just said that. That you know, so we're gonna win, and we'll be tired. We're gonna win so much that you could be, oh, Mr. President, please stop. We're we so can't, tired of can't winning. take the winning anymore, Mr. President, please. And then Trump would say, no, no, we we, we got to keep going. <laughs> I don't care. We got to keep winning. This is this is the opposite. <laughs> this is the opposite. Um, what what we are looking, Max Boot is the equivalent to the Cincinnati Reds' first thirty games of of this season. Oof. Um, we're talking about like the 19, like, well, like 1914 Cleveland Spiders. This man has a, has a worse batting average than, than Joey Gallo right now. Okay. And that's saying something because it because at least Joey Gallo gets on base via a walk. Okay. Max Boot has been wrong about foreign policy for probably his entire life. Before he was even conceived, he was wrong about policy. This is the man that pushed... This the this the guy who was right there w- with the Bill Crystals of, of the world and all these other morons who pushed the war in Iraq, Afghanistan, all, all these wars. Millions of of lives have been lost based on the recommendations of morons like this. And for some reason, people still people still listen to this man. I I, I don't I, well, I I don't know where they're at. I honestly don't know how. I I I, I just don't. I don't get it. People that I know. Still retweet Bill Crystal. Still retweet Max Boot. I'm like, I don't get it. How? How are these people still have credibility? How can Bill Crystal show his face in public after what Scott Horton did to him at the Soho Forum, not but a few months ago? I it, it is just baffling to me. I I was trying to think of of an analogy. You know, sure, you could look at somebody who's been wrong with everything. You could say, oh, how does a guy like a Jim Cramer still have a, a, show. a show after the the, fiat, the the terrible finance calls that he's made over the years? You know, Bear Stearns comes to mind when you think about that. But few few areas are you allowed to be this wrong and still have credibility. The man still has a job at the Washington Post, which, I mean, that's not saying much because they'll basically, you know, for – for an application, it's like, what are your politics? Okay, you're near conservative. Cool. Can you turn oxygen into carbon dioxide? Cool, you're hired. <laughs> do, you have, do you have a pulse? That's about it. So here is Max Boot on – this is the Morning Joe, it looks like. Or it's on, it's on um, MSLSD. And uh, this is why – here's what the tweet says. It says, we need to understand – that this isn't their war in Ukraine, it's our war. And we need to do more to defeat Russia's attacks on the West. And I'm going to contrast this video with something else coming up, but listen to what this schmuck has to say real quick. Hold on. It's absolutely essential, and I think the key here is we have to understand 
that we're, we're making a mistake in the way that we think about the war because we keep thinking about it as their war. The Ukrainians are fighting. We need to think about it as our war. Putin is waging war on the West. He is trying okay, okay. to so, destroy. Okay, so if Putin is waging war on the West and if it is our war, saying uh, I'm assuming our he's referring to the United States government because last time I checked, I, I was not at war with Russia. Last time I checked, I was not at war with anybody. I'm assuming that the, the hour in this sentence is referring to the U.S. government. And if that is so, and if this statement is true, and if we truly are at war, then why aren't we paratrooping, why aren't we sending troops onto the front line? Why are we not sending the U.S. Marines, the Army? The, why, are we not, why is it not a full-scale space, space force? Why is it not a full D-Day level invasion of the eastern front of Ukraine to combat Russia if Russia is at war with us, Max? Can you explain that one to me? Maybe it's almost like you want it to be our war. Because you think that there has never been a good enough conflict to not be involved in. Let's just see what this other guy has to say. The rules-based international order that we Americans, we Europeans, we all stand for this. This is a direct threat to all of us. And we need to understand this is not a foreign aid project. This is not charity. This is self-defense. This is the front line of freedom right here in the Donbass. The Ukrainians are fighting and dying. Okay. He says something about freedom and democracy and uh, this is this is the for some reason I, I don't know why but pre you know January 2022 Ukraine was not really seen as this bastion of freedom it was not seen as this bastion of democracy why because it's not it is a quasi democracy just as a, just as like we would look at um Israel or or I, or um, Iran and be like, oh, what a bastion of democracy. Sure, they may vote. Or, or would you look at <clears throat> some other countries where, um, where they have bastions of democracy, but, y you know, no one, no one considered Ukraine to be this, this wonderful, free, you know, it's basically just like the UK. It's just like the UK. It's the same thing. Um, I mean, they're almost Canada. You know, they're, they're, they are they are second to Canada, Joe, as far as just the the most thriving democracies in the country. Well, I mean, when he on the says, face of the when earth. He says democracy. What does he mean by that? What 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 is democracy? Democracy is is, is anything that anything anything, Joe, that that we want it to be. Dang it! Right. So I guess supporting democracy is just not is is a rejection in not being Trump. Democracy <laughs> is anything that is anything that. That we are not against. Right. So, and his idea of freedom is that, well, you only support freedom and democracy if you agree with me. Because if I was on that panel with him and say, hey, dude, you know, which, you know, can you point to me the, the rights in the Bill of Rights that are they're at stake here? And he, and he says, well, you know, you're a hateful bigot or whatever. It's like, well, you know, like, well, no, please show me what, what rights are hanging in the balance here. And if he cannot point to one, then this is... Again, he's he's exposed yet again as a fraud. And this whole thing is just a charade. Look, he's the same one that peddled the weapons of mass destruction of Saddam Hussein. The same one that peddled, um, you know, the fact that the fact that we, that 
We need to be more involved in Syria. This is the same guy. This this guy has been lockstep with the U.S. government on every foreign intervention and used the same crap of of oh, 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 oh well this is this is in the in the interest of America. It's in the interest of the freedom of America. Um, he said, "I mean, <clears throat> what is what what freedom? I mean, what freedom are you talking about? What what is freedom to you, Max?" What, what does that mean? I'll even say this, okay? You know, Ukraine is not a, a beacon of democracy. It is not a beacon of freedom. In fact, I will link this. The fact that we have Ukraine just banned the opposition party. Banned it. You, you, you are not allowed to be in a pro-Russia opposition platform. It's banned. Completely not allowed. Doesn't sound very democratic. Yeah, not not very democratic. Also, the fact that Zelensky has been jailing journalists who have been reporting things that he doesn't like. Does that sound like freedom? Or the fact that if you were an able-bodied man between the ages of 16, I believe, and 65, you were not allowed to leave the country. You had to stay and fight. It it doesn't matter. What, What if you're not... What if you don't like, you know, your home country and you don't want to and you don't want to defend it? You know, and you don't you don't want to die for for this cause because you know it's not a because you know you were not going to win this fight. Doesn't matter. Does that sound like freedom to you? Well, a country that's largely run by an oligarchy that's yes, and that's been you know meddled with by numerous entities for decades. Why would anybody want to die for that? It's funny that he mentions the the Donbass region because I don't think that the Russian separatists or the ethnic Russians in the Donbass region, not but not, not but a few years ago, um, um, felt the freedom and and felt just the the wonderful warms and hugs and kisses that he got from that, that they got from the uh, the um, Ukrainian government. It, it was more like. Um, Missiles and bombs is kind of what they felt in in the genocide that was try- that was attempted there. Um, is you know whenever he talked also about the the men and women dying, you know they're they're willing to die, Joe. So we have to help them. Well, I mean, a lot of people are dying. I I I hope Max that you are also including in the ASOF regiment, the ASOF battalion. Are you including the neo Nazis? Do you support the neo Nazis that are fighting alongside the Ukrainian military? You know, it, it wouldn't be, it would not be past Max Boot to be supporting people like the Nazis because you know he supported arming ISIS and arming Al Qaeda and well, all these other know, people. You know, that's funny you mentioned that because in the Scott Horton Bill Crystal debate, uh, Bill Crystal tried to pull a fast one on Scott, b- basically saying that uh, Scott made a point about the Holocaust, and Bill Crystal said, "You know, I can't. How can I can't debate someone's going to trivialize the Holocaust?" and Scott Horton snapped back with, well, haven't you called every American foe Hitler? And they're doing the same thing right now with <laughs> with, with with Putin, calling him Hitler, calling him like they're like, like this is the Third Reich. And and it's funny how these Max Boot and Bill Crystal are supporting the Azov Battalion. It it just yep. the, the, the the level of mental gymnastics and the hoops you have to jump through to to follow the coherent story they're trying to thread here. It's impossible. Just like he supported the armament of al-Qaeda in the war in Yemen, the war in Syria, all of those the, wars. Well, the al-Qaeda, you know what you mean, the Saudis in, in Yemen, but not to, be, not to be confused. But the al-Qaeda, yes, yes, the, the terrorist groups in Saudi Arabia, he has no problem arming them. Probably things we need to arm them more. 
uh, and continue more guns and butter. the these the genocide in Yemen and in these other countries. Uh, Max has has no problem arming terrorists, no problem. Um, but when it comes to um, you know, so arming Nazis, he's also cool with that too. So you know, Max Brute pro Al Qaeda and pro Nazi. I'm gonna say this again, but he's also anti-fascist. James. Oh yeah, of course. Oh, pro democracy can't can't be. No, you know he has he has a Ukrainian flag in his in his bio. So that means you know that he's down with the cause. And to and to his point that that they're dying and that that's a reason to go and support them. Max, even here we go. This could be controversial. Even if even if Russia were to invade Germany, the UK, or France. More along the lines, I would say, if you want to talk about a democracy, sure, you could probably, I could, I could pass those off as saying, okay, we have a, I'm doing air quotes, a democracy, democratic, adjacent. a democratic government in those countries. I still would not be for sending U.S. troops to go defend Germany or go defend the U.K. I still would not be for it. So there, there. Ukraine is not a magical line that if Russia crosses across Ukraine, that's it. There is no more freedom in the West. That's it. It's done. It's over. But he has to paint it like this because he knows that he's losing the agenda. Here, let's uh, let's uh, continue this, this idiot. For all of us, we need to step up and to echo what Ed Luce was saying, it is unacceptable that right now the Ukrainians are being outgunned 10 to 1 in artillery. 10 to 1. They are losing over 100 soldiers a day. The United States has not seen those kinds of losses since World War II. The Ukrainians are willing to fight. They are willing to die. They are defending their land. They are standing up to one of the most evil dictators in the world. But they don't have the weapons they need to get the job done. They have just enough to prevent a Russian victory, but they don't have enough to defeat the Russians to win for Ukraine. And that is unacceptable. All of us need to step up. The Europeans in particular, as Joe suggested, because uh, they are doing less than we are. But we need to step up, too. We're not providing Gray Eagle drones that the Ukrainians need. We're not providing as many multiple launch rocket systems as they need. All of us collectively can be and should be doing more because we need to understand this is our fight that the Ukrainians are on the front lines of. Okay. Interesting thing that he well, says there. I, I, I'm still – I'm not trying to whitewash anything. I'm not trying to – to do a bait and switch, but this whole that Vladimir Putin's the worst dictator like ever, I, I don't know if I'm buying that. I I, I don't buy it either. I, sure, he is. I, I'm. I, I I hate that I have to do this, but yes, he is not the. He, he's he's no. Um, what's the lady who with the Catholic Church? He's no. Uh, he's no Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa. He's no Mother Teresa. But at the same time, there's been there have been far worse people that have come through this world than Vladimir Putin. That's not me excusing anything he has done or excusing the actions of his people or anything. But let's not. I mean, th- these 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 kind of people, I have no credibility for when it comes to defend or or, or com- combating evil regimes. I just don't buy it because this is the guy that has that 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 is that was for the war in Yemen, which was a Saudi. And UAE backed genocide in in Yemen. He had no problem aligning with Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, no problem arming terrorists, real terrorists. No problem with the events that led up to the creation of ISIS. No problem with that. 
This man was lockstep with the foreign policy of George W. Bush and Obama. No issue with any of that. He stood, he stood by and championed every foreign policy decision that has led to the disaster in the Middle East. So don't give me this crap. I, I don't want to hear it about how we have to how we have to stop these evil that's in Russia. Is Russia a bad government? Is Putin a bad dude? Yes. That, that, that's not controversial to say. But to sit there and to hold the moral authority that all of a sudden, well, I've always been against evil. Have you? Have you? Because because the jury is still out on that one, Max. I, 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 I don't think they have deliberated. There is no white smoke coming out of the chimneys. <laughs> they have not reached a decision yet. And the other thing that he said um, that I found interesting was how, how the whole narrative has shifted here in the last two or three weeks. If you recall back that not even that long ago that Russia was on the ropes. We've... We have got him. Russia is on retreat. Ukraine is going to win this war. But yet, we still had to keep sending billions and hundreds of millions of dollars. And Thomas Massey correctly called it out and said, these two things can't be true. You can't be simultaneously having Russia on the ropes and this war is about over to, if we don't send them this equipment, they will lose. Max, it's one of the if other. they are being outgunned 10 to 1, then how at any point were they going to ever win? And what Tulsi Gabbard said many weeks ago, and we talked about this whenever she had that debate with Sean Hannity, Sheen. Sean Hattie. to think that Ukraine ever had a chance against Russia is laughable, laughable at best. We are talking about a country that has the military capability of... of of less than the UK, yes, less than the UK, the UK, less than France, less than Germany, to ever combat. There are many people that I've read that said hypothetically, if Russia and the U.S. were to engage in a war in Europe, the U.S. would not win. There's many people that have said that we have no chance to beat Russia. So if the U.S. has no chance to beat Russia. On on that turf, what chance does Ukraine have a ch uh, have any? Now we're gonna listen to someone who knows what they're talking about and who has been right on this kind of stuff. Um, I, I will try to remember. To, I don't know how to link it, but if you go on the Scott Horton show, you can listen to the full interview with him. This is him kind of saying the same thing over that forty minute podcast in a little two or three minute clip. Um, this is him on Judging Freedom with Angie Napolitano, which is another good show I recommend as well. Um, this is him talking about what's what's really going on. The truth that you're not going to hear about the, on the corporate press, because if this kind of information were to come out, it'd be over. The fact that nobody would, would continue to fund or support this war financially, um, that's why they don't, they don't broadcast this. But let's listen and see what he has to say since we were last together but be, before we zero in on them can you give us your assessment from your observations and from your sources of how the conflict is going in ukraine and how and when it is likely to end up well the first uh, question is an easy one to answer uh, ukraine has lost this war i would argue it lost it some time ago it's now becoming so apparent that even 
the most ardent supporter of uh, Ukraine's war on Russia in London, Berlin, Paris, or the United States in Washington can't really stand up and say anything else. I suppose some will, but the truth is the war is over. The Ukrainians are losing on a daily basis somewhere between 500 and 1,000 dead and wounded. Uh, their army is effectively annihilated. They're throwing reservists, the equivalent of what we would call National Guardsmen, into the buzzsaw. And the Russians are very calmly, methodically annihilating whatever shows up. The Russians have already begun consolidating their control over 25, 30% of Ukraine, where the Ukrainian forces were previously uh, paused to attack Russia. They now control uh, territory that is responsible for roughly 80% of uh, Ukraine's gross national product. So I expect that the Russians will hold on to this and incorporate it into Russia. It will be annexed. It was historically Russian. It is a game. Now, as far as how will this end? Well, we have a lot of people that seem to be determined that it will not end. And that is extremely dangerous because the longer this lasts, the greater the potential for this regional conflict to widen and engulf more countries and ultimately to drag us in, which some people think is the real goal, in, incomprehensible as that may seem. It, that's why you don't hear about this in the New York Times. That's why Fox News and CNN won't, won't talk about this. It's the fact that not but a few, a few weeks ago, a few days ago, Every single major rush, major city and settlement on the eastern seaboard or the eastern front of Ukraine is gone. It's gone. 80% of the facilities and manufacturing warehouses that produce the... 80% of the GDP has been captured by Russia. It is over. This is done. Russia has won. Now, what we have now is we have in a boxing ring a make-a-wish kid and Mike Tyson in his prime and the U.S. and NATO are in this kid's corner going, come on, man, you got him on the ropes. Come on, you got him. Come on, let's keep going. <laughs> Just one more round, buddy. One more round. You, you, you can do it. Just don't tap out. One more round. I, I can't. I it can't. is that, over. Mm -mm. This is done. <clears throat> The fact that we continue, and this is not, look, Max Boot posted this video yesterday. How can this narrative and, the, and, and what Colonel Douglas McGregor is saying both be true at the same time? Well, obviously, someone is lying and someone's telling the truth. If you just want to take a 30,000-foot level of it, view of it. Um, Which one do you think is lying? The one that has been wrong for the past 20-plus years? Well, I mean, that's pretty obvious. Of course, Max is lying. Um, and he has been lying. I don't think he's ever stopped lying about anything. Um, but it's going to be amazing when the, the white flags eventually do go up, because it's going to happen at some point. This thing is going to end at some point, hopefully, soon. But it's going to be amazing how uh, they're gonna, the, all the media apparatus is going to try to spin this in some direction as, as to being Trump's fault. Oh yeah, it'll be Trump's fault. It, the 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 amount of mental gymnastics you will have to do to follow that co to follow that storyline of how Ukraine lost because because Trump, even though he hasn't been in the White House for almost two years now, 
uh, is going to be absolutely astounding how people will be like, you know what? They're right. <laughs> Dad gummit, they're right. This is all Trump's fault. What's the what's the video uh, what's that meme with a guy in the um, bicycle and he and he trips himself? Yeah. What's that video? It's it's like it's like um, Biden antagonizes Putin. Putin invades under Biden's watch. Dang it, Trump! <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, it's it's too like okay. The, the last two Russia hawk presidents, whether it be uh, Obama and Biden, um, since then, and of course we know Trump being the, the Putin apologist, but since then the the Russian Federation has only gotten stronger. Like the ruble has. Has regained all the ground. Seven year high. Seven year high. Seven Russian high. ruble. Meanwhile, Disney's at a seven year low, but you know, that's another story for another day. But it's it's amazing how how everything the West has tried to do has backfired. Like if anyone's playing four D chess, it's Putin. He's Putin's won on every front. Russia Me, has meanwhile, won. Meanwhile, the the West is playing checkers or lawn darts, blindfolded. It's amazing. Everyone's saying Putin's suicidal. He's destroying his country. He's bringing them back into the dark ages or whatever. All the doom and gloom things, right? But if anyone's being smart about any of this, not not saying that I agree with it or I, I condone it, but if anyone's being smart, it's been Putin because he's made a lot of right moves when everyone else is making all the wrong moves. You know, it is pretty amazing because... Um, even I said whenever he invaded, I said, ultimately, I think that Putin loses... No, he's not going to lose the war. I initially said I said that there's no way that that Ukraine's going to win this thing. Russia will eventually win. But I said the economic catastrophe, the um, geopolitical isolation, Putin will lose in the end. Now, I don't know. I don't know. The fact that it, what, what folks don't realize is that whenever the Brent goes up, which is the crude oil standard for, for like international trade, whenever that goes up, that that only benefits Russia. That means they mean things. They can charge more for a barrel of oil. People people have been so stupid about how much exporting that Russia does. Russia exports so much oil. And the fact that they can't make enough. We have countries in Asia. I have a New York Times article right here. Asia is buying discounted Russia oil, making up for the European cutbacks. Russia's not being hurt economically. The whole point of the sanctions was to hurt the Russian ruble. Russian ruble is at a seven-time high, a seven-year a seven all-time high. Any lost business they would have received from the U.S. and Russia is being made up by Asia. What did we say on this podcast? What was the same thing I said two or three months ago? I said that, do you think that... Do you think that China is going to be like, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to buy Russian oil. I said that China is going to buy up whatever Russian oil we don't buy. Somebody, the rest of Europe doesn't Somebody buy. will buy that oil. That no, oil is just not going to sit there. It, it'd, be, it'd, be this, it'd be like um, you know, if, if, a, if a certain gas station put gas on sale for 50 cents a gallon. Oh, but by the way, it's coming from the Saudis. Do you think anybody would be like, uh, mm, I don't know. 50 cents a gallon, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, I'm going to take that deal. Of course everybody would. It's it's just... No, I, I, I called this. I said that Russia will have no problem selling the oil. Oil is the most... It is the most valuable commodity on planet Earth. 
without a doubt, the most valuable commodity on planet Earth. Somebody will buy it. I thought Why? It was peace and love, Jacob. Peace and love, man. Peace and love. <laughs> you can't no, put a price tag somebody, on peace and love. Somebody will buy that oil off of Russia's hands. And if it's not going to be the U.S. or Europe, it's going to be someone else. And in fact, it's Asia. It's China. It's all these other countries in Asia. They're all buying it up. So it seems as though in all the hawks that are supporting this, it's just the Republican hawks, like the Ted Cruz's, the... All these people who are who have been supporting this, who uh, who give who gave the green light to give Ukraine all this funding for weapons or whatnot, they will sit and tell you how Asia and China is the number one enemy, while whilst yet at the same time supporting this uh, insanity of the the Ukrainian Russian war, which is only enriching both Russia and China. So I mean, what 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 are you doing, Teddy? Like you say that China's the number one enemy, but yet you're let your this war that you are you know allowing to continue is directly benefiting them. So whose side do you want? <clears throat> yeah, and the reason why you will never hear them finally admit what McGregor said, and the honest truth, the the truth is that this is over. This is over. The we can we have two decisions. We can either peacefully end this. And have Ukraine surrender, which is honestly the best thing to do. Best thing to do is just just honestly surrender because there is no victory here. Yes, it'll be bad for you for Ukraine, without a doubt. But what could be worse? Let's just can wait. Can it get any worse? Can it get any worse? If we keep funneling money and weapons into this, we can be dragged into it. We can have NATO dragged into it, which will be just great. Oh man. Um, having NATO go head-to-head -head against Russia, nothing bad can happen from that. Um, nothing bad can happen from the number one and number two stockpiles of uh, nuclear weapons going um, going at it. That definitely will, will always end peachy and creamy. Or we could have a um, Afghanistan 2.0 where we just have perpetual violence and conflict for 20, 20 30 plus years. Do, do, do we want that? Do we think... That'll be good for all of the refugees in, that are in, that are leaving and, and still in Ukraine. Do you think think that is going to be good for them, or do you think that the um, surrender of will be will be better? I, I don't well, know. You I, know, I think you the, guys can make up that decision for yourself. I think the amount of gaslighting that's been that's been going on since the beginning of this thing of people. Oh yeah. Hold on, I gotta show this tweet of, of people who have been lied to that, that to, to think that that. Ukraine can actually win. I, I don't know if there's any overcoming that. I don't know if there on. is. I gotta play this I remember, remember when this first broke out, and I was talking to people about it. I said, you know, there's really no way that that Ukraine can win. You, you know, you realize that, right? I said, oh no, they can win because someone on such and such network said so. I was like, oh, okay, all right. If you want to take, you know, the the paid contributors' word for it, I don't know. I don't know. It just, that's just not that's, that does not reflect reality. Here's what, here's what the the official White House account said: with the biggest single driver of inflation being Putin's war against Ukraine. I like to see the receipts. At POTUS has taken action to to blunt the impact of Putin's price hike for families. Through his actions, President Biden has announced the release of one million barrels per day of our strategic. Petroleum preserve, which, if you understand how much oil the U.S. uses per day, nothing. is nothing. 
uh, rallied allies to join in releasing 200 million additional barrels. That's a lot. Expanded access to biofuels, which will help lower the cost across the country. So Last time I checked, my car doesn't run on a biofuel. Well, again, another thing with this is they have to blame somebody, right? And I, I still cannot... Some political lies and some lies that come from government, I can kind of see where they're coming from. I can kind of see how some pleb might might believe it. When it comes to Putin's being the driver of U.S. inflation, I'm sorry, was was Putin elected chairman of the Federal Reserve or the Treasury? The Treasury? How? How in heaven above? Does a foreign leader have any impact on the money supply of another country? I, I still can't wrap my head around this we one. We stole the election. Now, you could say that, oh, well, this conflict has caused us to give money to Ukraine. And, to spend and, and more to money. To spend more money to, to combat, uh, you know, Putin. Putin's war. And that I could kind of see. But did do. Did did Putin force us? Was it Putin's fault that we spent that money? Well, it's not like we're do- dropping trillions of dollars onto this war because we're not. And the kind of inflation we're seeing would, the kind of inflation that we're seeing, um, to get those kinds of numbers, you would have to drop trillions of dollars in order for that to happen. So, if we're not, if the if that, those trillions of dollars are not going to Ukraine, then it's coming from somewhere else. But also, what this tweet says <laughs> is, is that this tweet mis. It 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 incorrectly conflates the the link between inflation and and gas prices, right? Gas prices are high because of a inflation and because of two shortages due to um, our actions of blocking Russian oil and blocking our own drilling and refining of oil. Yes, so. W- Gas, because remember, the very next tweet they talk about gas prices, the very next the, the subtweet, or whatever you want to call it, the, 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 thread. The, the thread, is talking about oil. We have a shortage of oil. That's, the, 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 that's, not, that's not an issue with, with inflation. They're saying, oh, well, inflation's high because of Putin, and that's why gas prices are high. That's not the, that's not the only driver of this. It's a, it, it is a shortage of oil. Yes, that has been caused a little bit by inflation, but Putin didn't cause the inflation. Putin caused the sh- or Putin didn't do anything. We did this to ourselves. What we have done is we have taken a a pistol, shot ourselves into both kneecaps, and said, "Oh, Putin, why'd you do that, man? Why'd you do that? It's Putin's problem. Putin shot me. He pulled the trigger. He pulled the trigger. He got me." That's that. That is what has happened, and the fact that now, of course, they they got completely just eviscerated on on this. Um, you know, stop stop gaslighting us. The whole situ this entire situation, in fact, is um, self inflicted. Now, would gas have gone up after the war? Sure, I think that anyone could have predicted that. But record high, like we're talking like higher than the highest records ever been recorded. Uh, no. And the fact that still we we could have banned Russian oil. I've read some economists say that we could have banned Russian oil um, and the price would not have been affected that much if we drilled and if we supplied enough American, enough American made oil that we could have gotten by. You would have seen maybe 
a 10% increase in the price, it wouldn't have been that much. We, 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 could, we could have made up for it in the long term with our own supply. But no, we, we don't want to do that. Well, in put, in, not Putin, but Biden's response to all of this is that he's playing with actual fire. Fire coming from the Russians and fire coming from the oil companies. Because he has bent them over the knee and has continued to ravage them about how, well, he not just him, but his whole party and the, the, the left in general has talked about how oil companies are, they're destroying the world and whatnot and how they're, the reason why we have record high gas prices is not just because of Putin, but because the greed, because suddenly, uh, oil executives just discover this thing called greed and they just suddenly you know we're really going to stick it to our consumers by uh, by like jacking up our prices for no good reason and then biden comes out and says we well, you know stop being crybabies like do you understand how powerful these people are that control oil I mean, you may not agree with everything that exxon does but they are very powerful well and to debunk if they, if okay, they really wanted to screw over americans they could if if the if the oil executives got together and said, you know what, we're tired of being labeled as the actual enemy here of trying to end the world through so called climate change, whatever. If they really want to stick it to Americans, they could. If they wanted to, if Exxon and all these other people wanted wanted to cause real damage, they could. So to 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 piss off the the Exxon Mobil, the Mike Worst, the the Ryan Lances of the world, I don't think is a good idea. Because at the end of the day, this is the most the, the most important resource in the world is oil. The most important resource. It's how we get, it's how we get all the other resources, like, like food, water, and shelter. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's a good idea to, to piss those people off. Well, and another thing that I, I've, said, I've said this previously, I'm going to say it again, because I think it's, it's very important that we combat stupid in this world. It's very important. To, to, to people, here, here's, here's a little a little thing that you can use you can debunk if someone says oh well gas is only high because the oil companies are raising prices because they're greedy jacob they're greedy they raise the price because they know that we have no choice but to pay for it even though you can look at look at statistics and see that people drive less and their their profits you know don't go exponentially um, high they plateau but regardless regardless of that all you got to say back to them, is if, if they say the reason why gas is so expensive is because of corporate greed, you could say, why was it in 2020 gas was below $2 a gallon? Shouldn't they, shouldn't they just have raised it up to make, it, make as much money as possible? Why is, gas all, why, why is it gas not always yeah, been expensive? Yeah, why has gas not always been this expensive? If they could always get away with it. You know, you, you know, you know what happened? They're, they're at Chevron. They're like, you know... Those schmucks, we, we can we can we, we can charge whatever they want. Those schmucks, they'll buy it. We got their money. We got their money. What are they gonna do now? We can we can we can raise gas to a hundred dollars a gallon. What are they gonna do? Not buy it? <laughs> they can't they can't get without buying it. No, that's it is. That's not how that works. You know, you would have you would have thought that people would have would have learned basic supply and demand economics. Um, you know, I I, I am not a big fan of public schools but if i if i had one thing um that i could implement one required reading um economics in one lesson or at the very least if someone's like oh we want someone that's a little more mainstream fine wealth of nations boom make that a required reading for everybody maybe in, maybe if, if everybody read the wealth of nations we would have fewer of these stupid economic um arguments going by i'm not saying that adam smith is the greatest economist of all time but 
even if even if they read Adam Smith, all of these Keynesians wouldn't exist, and these these people that think that oh well you know you know well all of our issues why why not why not just print more money to solve it you know of of course we can give five billion dollars to Ukraine of course why why not have you ever watched the Milton Friedman video called I think it's called I pencil yes or it, he he kind of based that off of a, of a paper that was written a few decades before he talked about it but. Just what it takes just to make a pencil, the humble pencil. Yes. And how there are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people are involved in the manufacturing of just pencils. And how they, they get resources from all over the world and how not one person can control all the aspects of making just a pencil. And then you expand that to the whole economy at large. And it's like, wow, one guy in the middle of the skating rink with a bullhorn does not economy <laughs> make. <laughs> Stop! A, slow down! Stop! Go slower! Speed up! That's, that's one of my favorite John Stossel videos that he did back in the day. He was trying to direct, to direct traffic in an ice skating, skating rink, and uh, with a bullhorn, and it just it was it was like what central planning contest, does. A catastrophe. But but bringing all this back, all this back to Ukraine, in in closing, the reason why they can never they can never declare or, or, or they can never admit defeat is because the narratives is that. Is that we had to continue? We had to sacrifice on the home front for the war front. If you want to use a, 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 a World War II line, even though we're not collect at, the cans, the GIs abroad, or the even boys though we're not at war, for some reason we have to sacrifice. Um, you know, we have this, we have this, this um, sort of World War II man- mentality that they're trying to push on us. That, uh, that, that, that Max Boot says that we're at war, but if. Ru- if Ukraine were to surrender, which they should, but if they were to surrender, then everyday Americans who were like, but I were told that we were paying higher prices to, to, to beat Russia. That's why you're not hearing the fact that the ruble is at a seven-year high. That's why you're not hearing the fact that, that all of their lost business when it comes to their exports have been picked up by their countries as predicted. You won't hear anything like, like that. Why? Because in the average American who was told to sacrifice with fewer food options, higher prices of gasoline, higher energy prices, higher everything prices, it's all for nothing. It was all, it was all a lie, as it was initially. That's why you'll never hear these people admit defeat. And of course, whenever Ukraine finally loses, if they, if they ever do decide to, to give up, the max boots of the world will still say, "Oh, it's not over yet. We gotta, we gotta the still. Fight the fight continues on. You know, we gotta, we gotta arm Poland because then the next one's to fall." That's why you'll never hear them admit defeat, even though this is over. Russia has won. It is only a matter of time if we acknowledge the fact that Russia's won. Because um, I think, I think that's that's kind of where we're at. Russia has victory. They have accomplished their goal. The Eastern Front is gone. 80% of the GDP in Ukraine is gone. There is no way to come back from that. They're, as McGregor said, they're basically throwing National Guard troops, the equivalent. That's not your battle-tested Navy SEALs or, yours, or, your, or, your, or your commando or Delta. It's, 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 it's none of those people. You're not throwing John Matrix out there, okay? Or the A-Team. Okay. John Wick. Y- yeah, you're talking about volunteer National Guard. It'd be the equivalent of, like, the... The the so Georgia National Guard fighting a war, not to not to not to be disrespectful or to call you guys weak or anything, but it's not the same as as infantry from the U.S. Army or Marines. And it what it signals is that there is no one left to fight. There is nothing left. Ukraine has fallen, 
and the faster that we emit that and the faster that we get on with it, maybe a lot of the, 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 the tension and the pain in the U.S. can be alleviated. And maybe the people, maybe the I stand with the Ukraine people can, can take a, um, a, 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 a long walk off, off a, show, off, off a short pier and shut up forever. Well, I mean, I can't believe you're putting the economy over people's lives, Jacob, but you did, you did kind of do that over COVID, so. I did it over COVID, too. So. Uh, and you know what? I was right then, and dang it, I'm right again. I'm bad. <laughs> look, look, man. A 1, over, over the here. course of this podcast, I have been right about about more things than Max Boot has been right, right about in his entire life. So I think I'm I'm doing pretty good right now, okay? I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm the New York Yankees, and you're the Cincinnati Reds, okay? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, last thing, kind of what I want to talk about um, was I wrote a piece, and this could be kind of an encouragement for everybody. It could be an encouragement. Um, I wrote a, a article on my Substack, and it was kind of, it's kind of angrily written. There was some, there were some fits of rage when I wrote this thing, um, but I, but I, 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 I honestly wanted it to be an encouragement. I wanted it to be. A to help people who might who might um, have been um, ostracized or called mad bad names or have been threatened. Hopefully not threatened with violence, but some people have been threatened with violence over these two issues. I highlighted the abortion issue and then the um, pride event that happened for kids in Dallas, the um, drag show, and you know. The fact that we still have debate over the the uh, drag show still to me baffles me that people still defend it to this day, um, and that people defend the make excuses for make it. excuses for that and for the issue of abortion. Um, and I both un- unapologetically called both of those positions evil, and I'm I I do not apologize for that. If that offends you, I don't care. Sorry, I, I just don't. I don't see the um, murdering of children and the um, exploitation, the of exploitation of, of childhood innocence as as issues for middle ground to exist. Sorry, I, I just don't. But as we're seeing right now, with the possibility of a, it should be any time now. I've heard it's pretty, any day I've, now. I've heard it's early as tomorrow. Um, Roe v. Raid and Casey will be overturned, sent back to the states. And if you live in the state that has a trigger law, which I think I think fourteen or fifteen states have yeah. um, the trigger laws in place, um, they're going to ban abortion outright. And for once, we will have some sanity in this world when it comes to that. Uh, but it was just to give people strength out there who may have been like, you know. Everybody around me is saying I'm wrong and I'm bigoted and evil and I hate women and stuff like that, or um, or I hate trans or gay people because I'm not because I don't want kids to be at a gay bar um, with a bunch of um, men dancing provocatively around them. Uh, you know, people might people might start having self doubt. They might still be like, well, well, maybe I'm the crazy one. No, you're not the crazy one. You are the sane one. Everyone is crazy around you. The world is crazy. Okay, the world is a mess. The world. <laughs> Uh, no, you are right. And you don't have to have those self-doubts because whenever you come to the fact that the other side is evil and the other side has evil intentions. Now, I, I know there's a, there's a line of argument that I try to always follow that 
just because someone disagrees with you does not mean they're evil. And I, I do generally hold that for 99% of political disagreements. Like, when it comes to somebody who believes in, like, MMT, I'm not going to call them evil. I just think they're very, very misguided. Now, Max Boots of the world? Different. Different. Sorry, bro. You're not exactly going to be like, uh, I'm going to find middle ground, or we'll agree to disagree on this issue. Uh, no. You definitely fall into the, the evil category, in my opinion. And so are the same people who advocate for abortion up until birth and think that it's okay for Or the, even after birth. Or even after birth. Or the sexual um, exploitation and, and um, robbing of the innocence of children. Um, these, are, these are evil positions. And you don't need to explain yourself. You don't need to defend yourself to these types of people who hold these types of views. And just know that whenever you're called bigoted or you're called... Um, taking away women's rights and, and bringing them back to the 50s. Just know that, hey, you know what? They might say that, but at least I don't advocate for the murdering of children. There you go. That's that's honestly what you have to just rest on. And, you know, we're living in a, in a world where, you know, thankfully I don't have m much uh, pr issues with that, but I know a lot of people have issues with that, with whether they... Um, they work or they live or it might be friends or family have different opinions. Um, but just just take refuge that you are standing on life. You are standing on truth and that that's enough. And just hold fast in that. And it's kind of just encouraging, an encouraging peace, Joe. So that's all I've got for the show. I don't know if you want to talk about anything else. Just talk about, you know, so Billy Martin PS. I, I don't know. So uh, anything cool going on? You want to see? Uh, you want to see Lightyear? No, I don't want to see Lightyear. I, I look. I I have quickly come to the point, and maybe this has been alluding to to everyone on the show recently. I've come to the point where I am done with with movies. I'm I'm just done. Like the movies as a concept of. I am done with whatever Hollywood is spewing out right now. Marvel, I don't care. DC, I don't care. Star Wars, I don't care. I just don't. Disney. Like, even Stranger Things Season 4, which I love Stranger Things. I, I, I generally do love the series, even though I think the the episodes have... The, the, sorry, the seasons have kind of progressively gotten a little bit worse. I, I, okay, well, the first season, magic. Second season, meh. Third season, clown show. No, I don't think the season three was a clown show to me. No, I still, I still... Look, I enjoyed all three seasons. I can go back and watch them and, and have a good time. Now... Was season three worse than season two and season one? Yeah, without a doubt. Well, I think that Stranger Things falls in the same category as Star Wars, where it's very limited. There's really not a whole lot they can really do with it, because once once the once the cat's out of the bag about the the upside down, okay, well, what else is there? Well, a bigger monster? Well, well, that's not that exciting. Here's what I'm here's what I'm saying. What what I'm saying is that I don't think that, and I've been doing a lot of. I've been watching a lot of a lot of uh, YouTubers talk, or not really YouTubers, but people on. I guess you can call them YouTubers, like film, 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 like review YouTubers, and especially people that 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 are in film school and that you know view film as an art form, as a true art form, kind of like how I view music as like one of the truest art forms is music, and the the fact that films are now just all corporatized and commercialized not for the sake of like of like let let's make a good a good thought provoking film that has an engaging characters an exciting story um, a great plot 
Um, it is just, will this sell action figures and will this sell crap and commercials? And that, that, that is kind of where things are at now. And uh, uh, not every piece of good cinema has to be this thought-provoking, deep, depressive drama, which I think is what people think about when they think of, um, of like, snobby film critics is like, oh, well, if it's everything not... Everything has to be a citizen everything has to, Yeah, everything has to be this, this, you know, overdrawn, long, you know, drama. You know, I don't think that at all. I think that, um, you know, even some films that were these Hollywood blockbusters, these films that were corporatized and were commercialized, like films like Back to the Future, my, my favorite film of all time, Back to the Future, you know that Spielberg went into that saying, okay, we're, we're going to make boatloads of money on this. But they still took the time to make a expertly crafted story with engaging characters and engaging and thought-provoking plot that dealt with a lot of different themes when I watch Star Wars now, or I watch Marvel, like I went and saw the latest Doctor Strange, it's a mess. I, 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 I sat there and I'm, I'm like, why am I, why am I, this is pitiful. Why am I sitting here watching this? I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not enjoying this. When I saw the latest trailer for Thor, like I, I don't care. I, I don't. Nothing about this is exciting. Like. Marvel used to be cool because you had like this, you had this point that you were leading up towards, right? And the whole thing about it was each film was leading up to this. So a, a lot of the films leading up to it weren't, weren't great, right? But you kind of got wrapped in to it like, okay, let's see how this ends, right? Let's see how, let's see how this ends because we're building to this point. And the ending point, it was kind of good. I wouldn't say it was amazing, but it was a, I'll say it was a satisfying ending. It's a satisfying way to finish the the whole franchise off. That was just bloated nonsense. But now that it's over, I'm just like I, I don't I I have not cared about a Marvel film since Endgame. I, I just and even at Endgame I didn't even care about I didn't care about Endgame. And even at Endgame, I was lukewarm on because I was just I was so fatigued. It's like the, it's like the end of the marathon. You you just want it to be over. Yes, you just want it to be over. You know I. I in a lot of the films that I that I do generally love are these you know big blockbuster commercial films, but they usually have an interesting plot. Like I'm not saying that everything. Okay, I'm not saying that every film has to be this this indie you know me- melodramatic drama thing, um, and that everything that is commercialized is bad. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying is that they've put the cart before the horse, and that everything has to be um, commercialized and story, and you know actually the fact of making a good film. It's kind of gone out the window, yeah. Like we don't well, care. I, uh, I, I, it, it used to be that the the people, the producers, the directors, the writers, the actors, they were wanting to to make art, and whereas the the studio executives were like, well, this has got to make money, and it was that the war between making money and making art, where where it is now is that everyone involved in the movie, everyone involved in the movie, from the studio executives to the producers, the directors, the actors. All they're concerned about is making it a marketable product that you could slap on a, on a cereal box and make a poop ton of money off of. Like I, like uh, I was, I'm watching the the offer about how they made The Godfather, and it's the constant war between the studio executives and Francis Ford Coppola and uh, Al Ruddy, the the producer of the movie, and how they're trying to how the producer and the director want to make uh, the best movie they can make. While at the same time, the studio is trying to intervene at every turn to cut costs 
and to do this and to do that because you know this will make us more money. This is the, this is the proven formula that will that will make us money, and it's it's like that. I don't does that exist anymore? That framework of just let's make a good movie because we can make a good movie. Like a, another example is that is Top Gun Maverick. None of the, none of the current political environment was thrusted upon us in that movie. It was just a fun action movie. And yes, that's that's a movie that's going to make a lot of money. But at the same time, it was just a good movie. Yeah, and I don't think that everything like okay, I'm full guilty pleasure. I try to I try my best to to I've really worked on especially my my music taste of the last 2 or 3 years and movie taste. I've really tried to hone in on 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 good just true art. But look, I'm not going to lie. I have a I have a, a a poster of of Arnold Schwarzenegger's Commando. I love that film. It is not a good movie, but you know what? When I watch it, that film makes me happy because it is just over the top. Ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I I I love that movie. I really really do. Now, I I, I in my top 5 of films that's probably in there with like, you know, films like Inglorious Bastards or or Back to the Future, or Alien, or Casablanca, or Maltese Falcon, all these films that are like true masterpieces of cinema, and then Commando, <laughs> right? Um, but no, I, I, I generally do love those films, and I, I've really um, been searching out for something, for, for just good quality cinema, and you, you know, Turner Classic Movies is great, you can find a lot of good stuff on there. Um, what, I, what, I, what I honestly do like, and I took a college class over the summer on speech and on voice and stuff. And the one thing that I really uh, took notice to is I started watching a lot of just older um, cinema. And I started watching a lot of like Humphrey Bogart stuff, which I love Humphrey Bogart. I think he's one of my favorite actors of all time. And those films back then made you you had to be engaged with it because they didn't spoon feed you the narrative, didn't spoon feed you the story. Um, and well, not every sentence ends in a punchline yeah like, like, it, like the marvel formula but it felt it felt like real life it felt like these characters were were, were honestly there and, and look, i'm not saying that every film has to be like that either but i just i i think that we especially with the reaction to light you and this and the reaction especially the reaction to to jurassic world domination or dominion what that, what that crap yeah. that movie's called that dumpster fire of a film of a franchise that should have been dead back in 1992 when the first film came out um, they shouldn't have made a. An, there should have been no other film. You had a perfect movie. Literally, Jurassic Park is a perfect film. It is a great film that that merges so many different elements into the survival horror thing that was still to this day scary. Like still to this day, I can watch the original Jurassic Park and get goosebumps just on how terrifying some of those scenes are in that film. And now when you watch it, you're like, <laughs> "You've seen this before." You've dinosaurs aren't scary it's not scary this is just pure fan service and honestly i'm to the point now with with movies that i i can't see giving because like when we go to the movies it's like 17 or 18 dollars to go to a movie and 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 when i know it's going to be trash and not trash that like it's like funny where I can laugh and have have a good time with it, right? Like I can go and watch Tom Ronald's The Stupids, and it's a, it's a horrible movie, horrible, like like zero or like Master of Disguise, right? <laughs> I can find more value of, out of a film like Master of Disguise than I can 
every single Marvel film that has came out since Endgame. And even some films before Endgame. There is more value for me out of a film like Master of Disguise than half of the MCU. I think the only Marvel movies I actually liked were the first uh, Captain America movie, the first Iron Man movie, and then, like, depending on what day of the week it is, the first Doctor Strange movie. The rest of it, I can can care less. None of the Guardians of the Galaxy? To me, those fall more into the roller coaster of movies than... Okay, okay. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I enjoyed the Guardians of the Galaxy films. I thought that they were... I thought that they were different. They did something different with them. They they they, they were the films that kind of injected more humor and, and more pop culture references, so I kind of enjoyed those. But I think that the, the only good, like, the only true good Marvel movie that they've actually made was probably the first Iron... Or not, not first Iron Man, but the um, Captain America. First movie. Captain America was probably the best one. Yeah, that's the one I could look at and... I I probably pissed off a lot of people who like I, I, who are Marvel diehard fans, but at the same time, uh, Disney has basically just taken a massive dump on Star Wars. So, and every yeah. Star Wars, every Disney Star Wars thing that's come out has been absolute trash. No, no, I am done with Star Wars. I am conv- I, I am more and more convinced that Star Wars should just ended with the first three films. That should have been it. You yeah. know, have your books fine. You know, you know, books are books are great. Um, I've read a couple Star Wars books. I think, that, you know, the ones I've read have been very, very good. If you want just a single story about something, but it's not. The thing is, here's the thing with, with the books. If if you don't read Tarkin, right? My favorite Star Wars book is Tarkin. I, that that is a great book. It is if you love Darth Vader and you love Grand Moff Tarkin. You read, go, go read Tarkin. It's so good. It, it, it delves into their relationship and this complex, the fact that Tarkin is actually, you know, authority-wise more powerful than Darth Vader, but, like, obviously Darth Vader is way more powerful than just a, than just, just any, any, any mortal man. But if you never read Tarkin, were you really missing out? No, because, like, you had the story, you had the movies, and it was all there. But, like, if you wanted to go out and explore more, it was there for you. Now it's like if you don't see Book of Boba Fett, then, 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 then you, don't, you know what the crap's going on with this episode. And if you don't go see Kenobi, then you know what's going on with – no. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't keep up, and I don't care. Like, when I went and saw Doctor Strange, I was so lost because I, I, I didn't see Spider-Man because I don't care – about that Spider-Man. I don't care, you know, the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man films were, were pretty good, like the first one and then the second one, those are good movies. But I, I just I just don't care. I, I, I'm to that point now with m- 90% of the movies that have c- come out now, I don't care. Like, here we go, case in point. I'm going to pull my phone up real quick. All these movies coming out now are either just reboots, remakes, or sequels to existing Universes. Hold on, pull my, my my Cerebral app out right now. Now playing, you have Lightyear, Toy Story, Jurassic World, Jurassic Park, Doctor Strange, MCU, Bob's Burgers. That is from a TV show. TV show, Downton Abbey. TV show, Sonic the Hedgehog. Video games, um, Despicable Me. I, Despicable Me franchise, um, and then Pokemon Detective. There you go. That is what it's in theaters right now. Reboots, sequels. And Top Gun 2 reboot. Yeah, Top Gun. Yeah, Top Gun's a sequel. They're all... I'm just done. I, I, I am done. And, you know, there are good films that come out right now and then, but for the majority of films, I, I am just done. Like, I am burnt like, uh, out. I am done. Elvis coming out. That looks interesting. But again, Elvis is not... In a, it's not an original, like, sure, will yeah. I go see Elvis because I love Elvis? Yes, but... 
I'm putting very high expectations on it. If it does not blow me away, I'm I'm probably gonna come home come home with a with a lukewarm to negative review. If it's not just amazing, again, Elvis is a film I'm you know I'm excited for because I think that they've had a good track record of these biopic films. But if it's not good, I, I it's not it's not an original idea. Nothing is original anymore. I think the only movie that I've actually really been excited to go see was uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture, which that's basically a, a screening of a movie that came out 40 years ago. And I probably drove everybody crazy because I was always whistling the main theme <laughs> to that. But And then, too, the only movie that I'm actually looking forward to coming out soon would be, like, maybe Elvis. But then in September, they're going to be showing <laughs> The Wrath of Khan <laughs> in theaters. So, yeah. So I just I, 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 I kind of feel the same way. But, but are you just done? Are you just well, burnt out? I, I, I'm definitely burnt out on Star Wars, Marvel, and like the DC. I'm the superhero stuff. Superhero stuff. You're, burnt, I'm done, you're done. I'm done with superhero movies. I'm done with Star Wars movies. Time for something else. But at the same time, too, though, I, I like going to the movies. Like even if the movie's bad, I just like going. It's 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 to me it's fun. Even if the if movie is gonna be bad, at least be entertaining. Even if the movie's a complete train wreck, I can find the entertainment in the train wreck. Like when we saw Morbius, when we saw oh, Uncharted, no, I, it, it, I, I got enjoyment out of how much I disliked the movie <sighs> and how much of a train wreck it was. To me, that was fun. And then talking about it afterwards, that's even more fun. Like I, I find enjoyment in that. I, I could agree with you if I wasn't paying eighteen dollars a pop. To yeah, me, yeah, I am okay. not getting that much joy. Because here's the thing, here's the thing about, about once you cross that eighteen the. the to twenty dollar point. It's, it's it's only like fifteen dollars chicken. No, 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 it is like seventeen, eighteen dollars when you include tax. Okay. No, I don't think it was that much. Yes, I think I'm it was telling like 15, you. Go, go buy a ticket right now. Right. Go to buy a you, ticket. Continue to talk while I look this up. Once you cross into that, once you cross into that Andrew ja- that Andrew Jackson territory of how much something costs. It people. It is, it is no mystery that I love music and I collect CDs and I collect vinyl records. You are crossing into the into the the category of a a a vinyl record at that point, right? Vinyl records usually go from maybe between twenty to thirty bucks. It's thirteen fifteen to see Lightyear tomorrow. At what time? Eleven o'clock in the morning. No, you you, you got to do evening. You got to do an evening right, showing. We'll do, Sorry, we'll do, we'll do seven o'clock. Okay, but once you cross into the the point where I could go out and buy a vinyl record of an artist who. Generally needs the okay, money. Fifteen sixty one. Okay, so you're you're still crossing into that territory. That's where I base it on. I base it on okay, this fifteen or six, this fifteen to twenty dollars. You know, it's more expensive on the weekends too. Whenever we go, you're crossing the territory where you could be giving that money to an artist who generally needs it and who is not getting the studio support from people. And you're gonna enjoy that way more than seeing a trash movie. Like, to me, I would rather not go see two movies and save $30 and go and not buy someone's indie record that I listened to on Spotify and really enjoyed and, and got happiness and enjoyment out of it and knowing that that 30 bucks that is spent on that vinyl record is going to go to support them. Or I would rather go out and buy a movie that I know I'm going to like on Blu-ray and have forever. Versus seeing a movie that, versus seeing a film that I know is going to be trash. Now, 
If you go to a film and you think, oh, this might be, might be pretty good, and you're, and you're disappointed, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about going to see films like Morbius and Uncharted, where you know for a fact that it's going to be a bad movie. There, there was no, and if you doubt that, you're just, you're just lying to yourself. That is what I kind of take issue with more, if that makes sense to you. For me, it's just, for me, it's like when, you know, like, they're the ones that say it's all about money, so I'm just going to put all about, all about money, too. Well, two, I think for me, is that because I've we've tried to take a more critical look at movies, it's also kind of ruins the magic of movies, too. It's because I, I kind of see, oh, okay, I know what you're doing here. I know where you're going with this. You're trying to red bait me. You're trying to redcon <laughs> this new character in it who never existed before or never mattered before. Or I, I know all the tropes and everything. And I remember watching... Um, Mero, watching the people's reaction to some of the scenes in Maverick, the new Top Gun movie, and yeah. these people on the edge of their seats, and like, like you do realize that this is this is going to work. Mm-hmm. Like the plan's going to work. So I don't know what you're getting excited. about. They're not going to kill off Maverick. He's not going to die midway through the movie. Like, uh, hello. Which, if he did, I mean, he, that, that, Maverick that, that would have been interesting. Maverick, yeah, that would have been interesting. They would have. But you know they, they can't hinted, kill him. They kind of hinted at that. For well, a you moment. know they can't fully kill him off in case they got to make uh, Top one. Gun Maverick two, yeah. or Top Gun three. Yeah, but Electric me, Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I just I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of ruined it for me too a little bit because I because before uh, when I would go see a movie, I was like, oh man, this is just great, it's awesome. You know, I just kind of just you would blindly just consume content. And you'd just be like satisfied with no matter what came on the screen. That was me for the longest time, but now it's I'm kind of like, well, I only like the movies I like to watch now are The Godfather in Chinatown. <laughs> well, look, and that's where you grow up. That's where you develop your your taste of art. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with um, with with music. Is I you know I listen to only a little tiny sliver of what's out there, and stuck to what to, stuck to what. I, I like and what I perceive as good. Um, and then once you get out there, you realize that, oh, maybe some of those bands or artists that I that I used to listen to were kind of cringy and kind of trash. And you realize that there's a lot of better stuff out there. Um, and so that's stuff that you, you normally wouldn't have liked, uh, you end up actually, actually liking. Um, and there's a lot of music out there that I never thought I would have listened to, never thought I actually would have liked and purchased on on record. Uh, two years ago, I have collections of now, and I generally do, and I, I find um, lots of happiness and enjoyment out of it. Uh, I think it's just coming from growing up and developing your tastes. And uh, look, I'm not saying that if you enjoy Marvel, you're 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 a, you're a juvenile. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying because again, well, that's th- uh, well, when you when your identity is wrapped up in these movies, and you get personally offended when they don't do your favorite character justice, and you have to. Uh, telegraph that to the whole world. Yeah, grow up. No, no, I'm not. No, 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 no I'm no. not saying that. No. no, you're not. But I am. When I see, when I see these grown men get on the internet and complain about how they didn't do such and such character justice, no, and I'm personally I, I offended I, by I, that. I don't th- no, 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 no. That's that's different. I, I, no, no, look, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying you're saying that's what I'm saying. But a lot of the uh, the, the the nerd culture and in, in fandoms, um, it, at some point you got to move on from from Batman. Like, move on. <laughs> Move on from uh, from you know Captain whatever or uni- whatever. But it's a cartoon at the end of the day. Yeah, but but again, look at it. Look at it this way, okay? Look at it this way. You do you do the same thing about about Star Trek, 
the way that they have there is no difference in the realm of art there's no difference between Batman and Captain Kirk. Yes. They are both fictional characters. Yeah. But, so, do you, but do you hear me go on long diatribes about how they're destroying they're destroying everything and nothing's going to be the same anymore? I just choose not to watch the new no, Star Trek. No, but what I'm saying movies. though, what I'm saying though is that if you were to come out and say that they are ruining Star Trek and they are ruining whatever IP, like again, I'm telling you right now, if they were to come out and, and reboot Back to the Future, I would I, I would complain about it. I would be I'd be very upset about it because you have just destroyed a perfectly good franchise for absolutely nothing. And it's okay to complain about it. It, it. it is okay to complain about companies ruining art. That's not that is okay. That's, that's not exactly what I'm saying. It's okay if 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 a if a studio comes along and just says, "Hey, we're going to milk this for everything that's left in it. We're going to ju- squeeze all the juice out of it, just for the money's sake." That's fine, but when 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 the studio gets the minutia wrong of, "Oh, their hair, their color of their hair was this shade of red," that's what I'm talking about. I don't think that's what I don't think that's what most of the complaints come from. I think most of the complaints come from, "Oh, you, you're making Batman gay. Why?" Yeah, that, that's what's the what's that's the fine. What does that add? Okay, but that's what I think. I think I think maybe you're you didn't you didn't explain that's that. That's fine. But when people talk about oh they're you know the the, the stitching is wrong on on the costumes. No, I, I don't think you're. I don't think people complain get, get, about get that. Get over yourself. Like you see the stuff like at Comic Con and whatnot. Get over yourself. No, no, I don't think you're. I don't think. I don't think. I think that's the biggest complaint. I think the biggest complaint is. Whenever you see what they've done to Luke Skywalker, and so that's, that's that is a rightful thing to be upset yes, about, in my opinion. I, I would much rather have a conversation about how they've destroyed Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Kenobi. They're probably going to destroy Vader at some point. I would oh, much rather. Oh, oh, you know they were. Vader, I would uh, much rather have that conversation to talk about the other nonsense. They Vader's going to go woke. Vader's oh, going to talk about oh, how the uh, you know Mace Windu's <laughs> lightsaber was the wrong shade of purple. Get over yourself. No, uh, Vader's going to uh, have a scene where he's going to be like are we at 50 percent um so diversity yet <laughs> and then the empire <laughs> the empire is now diverse Do it. no but look i think it's okay to to be up to 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 be upset whenever the, whenever the, they ruin a character of of art that you that you don't like whether it be batman or captain kirk or marty mcfly or, or whoever or if they were to like remake casablanca and then and then rick is played by some like feminine looking man well, yeah, no if, if 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 they remade casablanca and they had some scrawny feminine looking dude i i would be like no that's not who the character of of rick blaine that is played by a Ultra uber masculine man, just like Humphrey Bogart was. Yes. Although Humphrey Bogart wasn't that tall. But what I'm saying is that his persona yeah. was of this just, 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 just oozing masculinity in, in in the way that he portrayed his characters. So if you had anybody other than that, that, that that'd be a reason to 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 also, um, you know, c- complain about it. I, look, there's something wrong, I think, with, with with complaining about the way that studios have just. Um, inserted whatever political messaging or whatever diversity they want to do, or just completely just like, or just like so redconning characters for the sake try, of building uh, up whatever character they want to build you know, up. They, d- they did that in the new Jurassic Park movie. They they redconned they re- in a, a, the 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 villain in the movie is Dobson. Yeah, he's the villain because of that one scene that he had with Wayne Knight, 
about you know he's getting the Barbasol can to hold the uh, oh the, the the dinosaur whatever things. I don't care. Yeah, he he's the bad guy in the movie now. That makes sense. So yeah, you know I'm just kind of done, just kind of done with these the movies. Uh, that's why I have I have de- dedicated more money and time into music because I think music there is still genuine creativity and people do generally still care about what they create. I'm not saying saying everybody does. There's still a lot of corporate BS that goes on in the music industry. Trust me. But, you know, you will find good quality. uh, And, you know, look, I want to go see movies. I love movies. But what's playing in theaters right now, I have a hard time supporting. I have a hard time going out there and saying, yes, I want to give this $18 to to um, this company that's going to make trash and that doesn't the and that doesn't like me right because of my because of my politics or my economics or the way that I the way that I see the world um, they hate me so you know I have a hard time going out there and supporting it whenever they're whenever whenever they're putting out trash if they're putting out good quality stuff out there you know you know look I love my vinyl copy of A Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. It's great. But does Bruce... Do, would, would would me and Bruce agree on politics? No. I think I think Bruce is a moron on politics. But I still love that record, and it's still a good, high-quality piece of art. No, he never made anything good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Born to Run is still one of the best American rock albums of all time. And sorry if you disagree with that, but you're wrong. But... He's he made good content. He made good art. These studios now are not making good content. Not making good art. So, if they're gonna hate you and they're gonna disagree with you politically, and they're not making anything worthwhile, why are you out supporting it? Why are you out putting money to I it? I understand that. If, if if me if Lightyear didn't have all the baggage that was coming with it, I probably I still wouldn't go see it. I still wouldn't go see it. And you know why? Because the only two men that are allowed to voice. Buzz Lightyear is Tim Allen and Patrick Warburton. That's I, it. I, I can, yeah, I can see that. That's it. To me, it's it'd be like anybody but um, Tom Hanks voicing Woody. I'm, I'm sorry, it's not the it's not the same. It's when you have these iconic characters voiced by these people. To me, that that is it. This this is the same thing. To me, it's the same thing as if somebody different besides Harrison Ford were, were to play Han Solo or, or to Indiana play Jones. Indiana Jones. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm not interested. Or if anybody were to play Marty McFly besides Michael J. Fox. Sorry. Michael J. Fox is Marty McFly. That's the way I see it. Voice actors are the same as on screen. You can't change Darth Vader. Darth Vader's a white guy, except, <laughs> but he's voiced by a black guy. That's right. So he's the ultimate... Com- combination of both worlds. You can't woke that one. You can't. Well, I mean, you can. I, I well, Darth, they'll try. Darth Vader is so woke that he can't sleep. Oh, I'm not following. He can't sleep because he's so woke. Oh. <laughs> he's always in pain. Folks, that is the episode of the show. That was a very long tangent. We went on for about half an hour on yeah, the talk of, of art. But hey, you know what? This is a podcast more about than just the qualms of um, issues about the world. We talk about art. We talk about life. We talk about culture because, you know, we are two very cultured. We talk about golf. This podcast went from golf to foreign intervention to economics 
to talking about whether or not you should complain about Batman being gay. This is what's <laughs> happened on this show. Oh man. Well, there that's that's what you get. Look. Look, that's that's why you gotta support us on Patreon. Five bucks a month gets you early access to all these shows because you could look, look, this is so you can listen to this. Look, if you're on Patreon, you can you can listen to this episode and and, and, and then go tweet your friends or go write on Boomer Book. I mean sorry, Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to laugh. They can, they, they can go right on Facebook and say, oh, Jacob makes a great point uh, at so-and-so. And all your friends are like, wait, I can't see it. What are you talking about? Oh, you got to subscribe. You got to join the website. You got to join the website. And then whenever you post a picture of you in your in your awesome Standing Brothers um, t-shirt, you're like, whoa, where'd you get that? What's that show? Oh, let me tell you. It's it's See? See how that works? You want to hear about golf and Buzz Lightyear? <laughs> 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 it's it's like what was their show about and you're like it's Dofles it's a stew what is it it's a stew <laughs> uh, uh, link my link tree is in the description you can follow me on twitter at jstandard underscore you can email the show at the standing brothers show at gmail.com or you can also email me at jacob standridge um, at protonmail.com uh, again, links down in the description for everything. Album of the year account down there. You can you can uh, see what I'm listening to, see what I'm uh, tweeting up or not tweeting about. See what I'm re- reviewing. I've reviewed some 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 good stuff here recently. Go so go check that out. Um, if you disagree with me on the PGA and Live Tour, please respond. Please reach out, send me a message, and I will gladly uh, destroy you. We'll in the do next a live episode. debate. Live debate. I will destroy you in the next episode. Look here, so-and-so. You're a moron. Look here, schmuck. Um, Yeah, that's the episode. We'll see you guys next time. Hope you guys have a great week. And as always, thanks for listening.